Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash HawkBlogger. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fans. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains in my city. Real Hawk Talk, episode 223. Not seen anything on YouTube, but there I am. Uh, so, all right. So we have Brian. Uh, Brian's at the the game. Um, Seahawks win uh, nineteen to nine. They are currently tied for first in the NFC West with a chance to, uh, I believe, take first place. Um, so uh, a big game, uh, a big win. Um, it was a defensive slugfest, just like we all expected from this game. Um, <clears throat> uh, Brian, um, why don't you give us some uh, immediate thoughts? Oh, nope, there's no Brian. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we'll hopefully Brian will be able to jump back on here uh, in a little bit. Um, uh, I think the big story for me there's a few things um Tariq Woolen is obviously one hey Brian waiting for him to connect to audio looks like he's joining trying to get on a train very smooth podcast so far Brian are you there uh okay 
uh brian uh still working through this so uh yep yeah, i agree uh with hunter in the chat woolen is our best defensive player um i don't think that's particularly close right now uh although a lot of uh guys on the defense played well today the defensive line showed up um there were no major issues or breakdowns in the secondary but woolen looks amazing um i think this is turnover so we've had four straight games with a pick and he's recovered at least two fumbles or forced a fumble and recovered a fumble anyways lots of turnovers uh and uh you can start for all the talk that we've had over the past few weeks about geno smith and is he playing at mvp level and what would you do at the end of the year and yada 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 uh you know uh, i think we just uh tariq woolen deserves a lot of that same love um I talk about all pro season so far talk about um potential defensive player of the year season so far if he can keep this up obviously a pick a game that's gonna be pretty good um but he has set himself off uh to an amazing start on his career brian can you hear me can you can we hear you all right um uh i'm not sure if we'll get other folks on the call but i will let you know that yes dana is ecstatic that we had a defensive slugfest that the Seahawks won this is her type of football she's extremely happy um uh and I think uh you know I think again I don't know where folks stand on the whole team tank um you know uh Bryce Young Stroud all that uh but I think if you're holding out any hope for this team to be um a playoff team and right now, like they are competitive in a not super competitive division. Um, I think the defense showing signs of life is a huge storyline. Um, uh, the offense struggled a bit. Um, they continue to run the ball extremely well, but they did not pass nearly as well. I don't think that was on Gino. Um, I, I'm suspicious that was about the receivers or maybe some of the game plan or maybe some of the Cardinals game plan. They deserve some credit there too. Um, but yeah, the uh, the the offense has been good. If the defense can be, you know, okay or good, um, and and you can marry that all together, or you can just grind out wins like they did today, um, then uh, then yeah, you are uh, on your way to uh, legitimately threatening the playoffs. Um, I'm going to assume that everyone can hear me. Uh, Brian is apparently having some audio issues with his phone, so he's going to try to join back here in a little bit. A little bit. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I think Tariq Woolen is obviously a huge storyline um, coming out of this game. Uh, people are going to want to talk about Kenneth Walker the third a lot. He had some huge runs. Um, this rushing attack continues to be uh extremely effective uh, i'm not sure what the epa numbers are um I, I guess i could actually go uh pull those up they are available uh running backs don't not running backs don't matter uh what is the acronym for running backs don't matter rb uh rbdm rbsdm um uh probably shouldn't have to think about this so much i, I go to the site uh more than a little bit uh, so we'll, I'll try to pull up some of that, but um, Walker, uh, a few big runs, a touchdown. Um, I think the the play of the game for him was obviously the the mini beast quake that he had where he broke three or four tackles. Um, that was a big play too. That got him a first down. They weren't in great um, down in distance. I don't remember if it was actually, I don't think it was a third down, but I think it might've been like the second 10 or something like that. And he popped a, 
Uh, I mean, it wasn't like a super long run, but it was 13, 15 yards. It was enough for a first down, and it, it should not have gone for, I think, more than two. So um, really a pretty great play. Um, the rest of it, you know, um, <laughs> we have seen running backs running with a lot of space for several weeks now, going back into last year. And I think a lot of that continued, um, but he made the most of it. Uh, all right, Brian, we're going to give this another shot. Connecting audio on the tram. I can hear Brian. That's great. Can you hear, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, awesome. Um, all right, so tell us your thoughts of this game. Well, this was the game I kind of predicted uh, last week, although I did predict the Seahawks to lose it last week. Um, I've been waiting for this game where the special teams didn't completely shit the bed and the defense could actually show some of the progress they've made. And I thought that's what happened today. And I, I think the offense has been due for a game where they were going to kind of slow down a little bit and give the Cardinals credit. I thought they they really like came with a good game plan for how to stop the Seahawks offense. And Seattle didn't have a good answer for it. So this that's going to happen now and then. Like you're not going to just run roughshod over every team every week. And this game was basically won by the defense. Uh, which is nice to know that's possible, a division game um, that, that they won. And all of a sudden, Seahawks end up with, you know, six sacks and another couple turnovers caused by their rookies. And they have a good running game by their another rookie. And it's hard to honestly not talk about the Cardinals a little bit. I don't know about you, but, like, I look at that franchise and I'm like, woof. Like, Kyler Murray – I would never accuse anyone that plays in the NFL of being scared or cowardly, but that guy like is so averse. We may we may have lost you there, Brian. Contact that he just as soon throws it away, like he just. He still hear me? I, I can hear you. Yeah. I don't know. I'll stop talking for a little bit. No, yeah. you're good now. Now you're anyway, you're all good now. I, I'm just glad that Kyler Murray's not my quarterback. That's the basic basic line there. I'm glad Kyler Murray's not our quarterback, and I'm certainly glad that we're not paying him 240 million or whatever it is. I think you want. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I didn't. I definitely didn't think that Murray was cowardly or soft or anything today. I mean, he made a lot of plays with his feet, um, and I don't think you necessarily want quarterbacks to be looking for contact. Um, that said, he. I was trying to think of how to explain this about the Cardinals. I mean, he missed some easy throws um, and then they had some drops. I mean, they just beat themselves and I don't want to, I, it feels bad to say that because I think the, the Seahawks played really well and they deserve to win. So I don't want to like say, Oh, the, the Cardinals beat themselves. And like, you know, somehow is a, like a degrading thing against the Seahawks. I don't mean it that way at all. It's just, they just, they just make things hard on themselves. It seems like, I, I don't know. They just, they just can't ever like, seem to really put it all together all the time and and yeah again I don't want it to come I don't want anyone to come away from the, with the impression here that I'm saying oh the Seahawks didn't deserve to win or they didn't play well or that the Cardinals beat themselves but like the Cardinals are very happy to beat themselves <laughs> like they they are very happy to throw <laughs> things away totally and, and what I was saying about Murray was more just that I think he's uh, you're uh, you're breaking up, and it's pretty good here. 
you might have to try to call back in a, a bit or mute for a little while and see if your connection comes back because you're kind of gone. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so uh, we have some I folks that are really. His head looks down. He starts looking. Are you there? Okay. Uh, Brian's connection is <laughs> okay. He's in a tunnel. Um, all right. There are some folks that are really excited about the Bills winning in the uh, in the chat, and I was uh, confused about why. Uh, I thought maybe they were playing a division opponent. They're not. They're playing the Chiefs. Um, but I'm happy for y'all in the chat that are happy about the Bills. Um, Seahawks, though. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think defensively, uh, the Cardinals, I mean, we talked about it, I think, going into this, right? They were they were a worse-ranked defense than the Seahawks. Um, and they didn't look like that at all. Um, so I, I think Cardinals fans are probably feeling similarly about their their defense um as Seahawks fans are, are feeling right now about the about our, our defense um but um I do agree like there's just bad vibes on that Cardinals offense uh and I I don't know I mean I, again I, I didn't really see anything where like I thought that Kyler Murray was super risk averse or super you know worried about getting hit or something like that but they just can't put it together it feels like I mean you know, you have drops, you have Murray misses, you have that screenplay where the receiver catches it and then just stumbled. And I don't know how much that was going to go for, but it wasn't going to lose seven unless if, if he hadn't fallen. So like, they just don't play clean at all. Um, and yeah, I don't know, not a scary team at all. Not a team that like, uh, if you're, if you're thinking about playoffs, uh, whether you're a Seahawks fan or any other fan in the NFC West, I just can't imagine being too worried about that team because, yeah, I, that's not a team I'd be sad to meet in the playoffs at all. Can you hear me better, Nathan? Yep, can hear you now. Yeah, I'm going to talk in shorter bursts. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, do you think DeAndre Hopkins makes a difference? Do you think DeAndre Hopkins makes a big difference? For I think so. I mean, anytime you add a superstar player like that, especially at a receiver position, that's really important. It's going to help. I don't know if it's going to save that team, um, but boy, he buys them a lot of margin. He he can eat into some of those mistakes that they make and and make plays and stuff to make up for it. So I think that'll help, but I don't think it really changes my opinion a ton about that team. So other thing for this game was a very rough game for the offensive line. Uh, it's probably it's bound to happen. But I think both rookies got abused at times. I thought Phil Haynes, from what I could see, had a rough game. I don't know that anybody on the offensive line played a good game. And then even the tight ends. Colby Parkinson, I think, made a business decision late in the game on J.J. Watt coming across and just whipped completely on a block. Uh, so, yeah, uh, not a good game for blocking on the Seahawks offense. It was a combination, too, because when Gino did have time, he didn't find much downfield, it seemed like. And maybe maybe that was Gino, but I kind of think that was just the receivers not not getting I guess you could have seen that a lot better. I mean, were there opportunities for him that he was just missing? It just felt like the the Cardinals defense had answers both in coverage and then they were just getting but the you know the Seahawks offensive line did not play well. Brian, you're on mute if you're talking. And I thought Gino had a rough game in making reads. Um, there was a lot of blitzes that got home. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you did see like receivers and stuff that were open that Gino was just missing. Opposite. No, I did not see, I did not see receivers open now. Um, I thought coverage really good. I think he forced some throws today that we haven't seen before. He forced some throws to DK and DK got covered up pretty well today. Like he lost that matchup pretty clearly. He got a couple of catches toward the end, but he was not getting separation. And frankly, neither was Tyler. So D Eskridge probably had the best game of any of the receivers. Yeah, Eskridge and uh, Goodwin got open once or twice. Although I mix those two up, those two up constantly anymore. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, like uh, he definitely forced that one to lock it deep. That probably should have been picked on the goal line. Um, so yeah, that was definitely my impression. I mean, it's hard to tell from the broadcast footage, but uh, uh, that was my thought as well. All right, I think we got Jeff. Do we have Jeff? Do we have uh, Canadian representation on the post game show? Yeah, we do. Hey, Jeff. Uh, so what would you think about that game? That went very differently than I thought. Uh, I did not envision a game where the Seahawks were going to get killed up front on offense. And, well, I definitely did that at some point. But they won up front on defense. And really, it's been, Nathan's pointed out several times, it's been the issue all year how bad they've been up front. And that was just interesting to see Seattle kind of blow out a team, if not for that block punt thing in the end zone. That whole game was just looked like a blowout, and Kenneth Walker looked awesome. Um, and he didn't have much to work with. The offensive line was terrible today, both in run block and in pass pro, especially. But yeah, it was just a fun game to see the Seahawks defense come to life. And some of the guys we haven't seen much Daryl Taylor and Brian Monet, even he got flashes from Puna. They really took over this game and won. And the Cardinals are pretty terrible, they are in trouble. They are shit, they got a shit thing going on. I do think that the coverage was also good though. Like the defensive line was obviously the, the big story, but there there were there was at least one and I think two sacks that you could probably call coverage sacks. So even though the defensive line had stepped it up, I think they were getting the help from the secondary too. So that's all gelling. Um, I mean, if you look back at the last two weeks, the biggest thing they've had issues with is quarterback runs, either wildcat stuff with Taysom Hill or you know, uh Murray getting out. And running uh, in this game, that was probably the best offense that the the Cardinals could put out there. So, you know, and and that's one of those where you're changing the math for the defense. And so it just gets harder. So uh, they look like they're getting, I'm not going to say they're good or anything, but they look like they're kind of figuring it out and and getting in a steady state on the normal offense type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. I was going to say that's a good point because some of the stuff we saw last week, which was obviously overshadowed by, the big runs from Taysom Hill and some of the stuff that you guys talked about during the week, it carried over to this game and their coverage was a little tighter in every game. We've seen guys just like at wide open, and, but the stuff they did well last week, I think it showed up again. That's, that's a really good sign that they're fixing what clearly has been a problem to start the season. Yeah. What I was going to say is, can we take a moment if we haven't already to just marvel at Tariq Woolen again? I mean, I know it was at the end of the game, but that's still a jump ball that like probably doesn't get caught by almost any other Seahawks corner for the last five years. And that guy, whenever he's involved with the play, no one's, no one's breaking away from him. His coverage he's never more than a yard or two off and he's making the tackle and bringing them right down. And he recovered another fumble. And I thought Kobe Bryant had a really good game. I thought this was Kobe Bryant's best game. He had a yeah. terrific pass breakup, another fumble forced fumble. That's, three weeks in a row 
what the hell's going on? Five, four weeks in a row interception for Tariq, three weeks in a row fumble forced by Kobe Bryant. I think that's like maybe the best news out of this game. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, so I, I was talking about this uh, while you were trying to join earlier. It, you know, we we were getting ahead of ourselves a little bit with Gino and uh, I mean, not that he played bad or anything today, but like, you know, talking about, hey, if he keeps himself for the whole year, if he plays at an all, all pro level, like what are you doing with him at the end of the year? At this point, Woolen is on defensive player of the year watch. I mean, six games in, so a lot of time for that to change. And obviously he's not going to, I mean, I don't think he's probably not going to keep getting a pick a game for the rest of the year, but through six games, if you're talking about defensive players of the year, I mean, not that he's been perfect, but like, how is Woolen not at least an honorable mention or in the discussion of defensive player of the year? I love hyperbole, Nathan, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I could get down with a little bit of that. I'm not making predictions. I'm just saying if we're doing the whole, if the season ended today's thing, or if this ha- continues for the whole season, I mean, I think he's kind of playing at that level. At least he's getting the stats and making the, the splash plays at that level. I mean, he, he had allowed a 40 passer rating going into this game. That's going to go down, isn't it? Like, uh, with another pick, and, like, maybe he gave up one pass for, like, four yards or something. Like, yeah, I, don't I don't remember him giving yeah. up with anything. <laughs> this is what he did give up one long. pass. Okay. You'll see a lot of the bias in the media based on Sauce Gardner and Abu and how they're talked about. Because the Jets are formed to obviously a New York team. He's been having a great season, but Woolen is just on a Seahawks don't get a lot of attention. I think Woolen's right up there. Brian's put out some stats where he is ahead of Gardner and just he's still kind of overlooked. And he's he should I don't think Nathan's being over the top. I don't see how he isn't in the candidacy for defensive player of the year right now. Four picks in a row is a and just the contrast with Brian, what you said earlier, I don't know if you saw any of the Colts-Jaguars game, but the play of the game was a shot over Shaq Griffin's head where he's right with the receiver, doesn't make a play on the ball. And I'm not dunking on him, but it's just you see that skill level that really that we talked about for years. Just That's the difference today. It's, it's, it was almost poetic to see that right into the Seahawks game. Jeff, you've talked about, for a while like on the show that like the defense is lacking playmakers right like that's something you've brought up a lot and yeah. Shaq Griffin's a perfect way to bring that up because Shaq Griffin's a good player right like he's a quality yeah. cover corner got a lot of money in the free agent market but I might be alone in this but I would rather have a guy like Kobe Bryant not even Tariq but Kobe Bryant who's who's struggled at times and his numbers are not nearly like sterling as other guys but he's created turnovers three weeks in a row. I, I will. I would rather have a guy that gives up some plays, but also makes some plays over a guy that's really good in coverage, but can't turn the ball over to save his life. Like, I, I think the team just, you need some of those guys. You need the Jordan Babineaux in there. Like, you need the, that type of thing. Uh, so, the offense not as fun a game. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> what did you take away from the, the offensive side? Uh, I thought it started up front. I thought the offensive line made it really, really challenging. Um, in obvious pass pro situations, they were getting really fooled by a lot of the stunts and some of the stuff Vance Joseph has done against them. This was the worst game for both tackles, for sure. This was sort of what we expected to look like the learning curve. And they, it wasn't just the pass pro. Uh, they, were, they were struggling in the run game. Like early in the game, 
I thought the Seahawks were really conservative in short yardage situations based on what's worked with Geno and how the offensive line wins. And they were just getting killed. There was an early third and one. Because I don't know, Geno's numbers aren't great, but I thought Geno made a lot of heavy, really good throws under pressure. I'm sure he's some of the sacks were his fault, but a lot of them, he just had no chance. And like some of Kenneth Walker's best runs, there was nothing there. And he was just making cuts. His cutback skill is really, really special. And really, like, it's hard to run an offense when you can't block up front. And that's been really the difference between this year and previous Seahawks teams. So I think they gave a lot of the playmakers. And I think Gino played a solid, solid game. But he just didn't have much of a chance to put up numbers today. You see it the same way, Nathan? I'm curious. Like, you talked about, like, was this a game where it's just bad pass protection and that's what Gino looks like with bad pass pro? Or do you think Gino, like, kind of came back to earth this week? Yeah, it's hard for me to say without more downfield stuff, but like the because the broadcast angles and everything. Um, you know, I do think that he might have missed an opportunity to go to Goodwin instead of lock it on the one deep ball, but then I also don't really blame him for trusting Lockett and you know at the time that a quarterback has to throw it it's not you know Goodwin wasn't wide open at that point um so my guess is it my guess is that it was mostly Gino just having to make do with you know bad pass cover or bad pass protection and not a lot happening downfield um I mean Lockett had like zero separation on that one play um so yeah I, I don't know it's hard to say but uh that that's my take on it too yeah, I mostly agree. I, I think the thing where I'd really mark Gino down this game is the pre-snap stuff because um, there were a few blitzes that, that came free. like And it, it didn't appear that someone missed their assignment. It looked like Gino hadn't picked it up and they didn't have a blocker there to, to, to cover the guy. And so that's, that's on him. Um, and then there are a few times where like he held on to the ball longer today he was trying to make something out of nothing. And I, I think they were a little fortunate that he didn't have a few turnovers today, both with some forced throws and then also with some sacks where he just tried to make something and he's just lucky he didn't fumble. Um, so I, I thought this was a, I didn't think this was a great game for Gino. I don't think it was a terrible game. I thought he made some throws where he was taking hits and he knew he was going to take a hit and he made some miraculous throws, which was pretty sweet. But his linemen, it was – I'd say it's I'd say it's like 60-40, maybe 70-30 line to, to Gino's, you know, responsibility and what we saw out there. And one more question I have for both of you. I'd probably have more. But this was kind of the type of game we thought we might have, right? The offense a little bit ahead of the defense. The defense was going to look pretty meager with a game manager quarterback. And would you take this game over last week's game, knowing last week's was a loss and this week's was a win? I mean, they they held the Cardinals to a field goal, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's hard. That's hard to turn down. <laughs> um, I think I'd agree. I think I just think when you play defense as bad as they played, it's really disheartening to watch. And yeah, the, the splash plays are still fun. Obviously, those kind of shootout games are fun, but I just find like this when you can't cover anyone and you can't tackle Taysom Hill, I just find it's, 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 it's the most painful thing, even as bad as like a bad offense game can be. I don't know where you stand on that, Brian. 
Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of testing myself on it because I always say I'm a defensive guy. I like defense, and it's true. I guess even with this game, I still didn't feel like we had, like, a great defense. It was like some of it was the Cardinals sucking and and some of it was us. So it didn't feel like it was six sacks and a few turnovers. Like, it should have been, like, awesome. It, it wasn't that entertaining. I was definitely more entertained by last week's game than I was by this week's game. And so, like, I don't know if I want to watch this level of offensive output much more. <laughs> That's pretty brutal. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is the one thing, right? Like, again, not to take away from the CFC defense or anything, but it did feel like the Cardinals were shooting themselves in the foot more than the like the New Orleans defense was last week. And so in that respect, like, it does seem a little kind of, it seems flukier than last week's game. Like, I, I don't know if you're going to get the same kind of offensive execution out of the chargers next week i think you probably expect them to, to perform a whole lot better um but i mean if you if you're just saying like if you look at the two games and you look at you know the one game where you where your defense only gave up a field goal like i think that's really hard to to not prefer aren't you guys kind of curious to see what this secondary like the corners look like against a passing offense like we haven't really faced like a good passing offense for a while, right? Like mostly we've been having to try to stop the run. I'm sure the Chargers will run on us as well, but like I want to see Tariq against Justin Herbert. Herbert. Like I want to see that matchup. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, teams are have to be getting to the point where they just won't throw at Woolen anymore, right? Like how many more picks in, in these kinds of plays does he need to make before teams like really start to respect that? Well, and that think about the effect that has on the defense when one mm-hmm. side gets taken away. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be huge. And then, you know, if you can get Trey Brown black or Trey Brown back, <laughs> I don't know why that was so hard to say. Uh, and then Kobe Bryant, you know, is looking like maybe he took a step forward in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, you could you could see this defense really start to come into, you know, some decent shape. Was it just me, or did Cody Barton not play much at all today? I don't think it was just you. I don't remember him doing anything. He was uh, in on the the Ertz uh, deep shot. That was him covering Ertz, and he got. If it wasn't for Miles Adams running on the field late, I think he gives up a touchdown there. Yeah, he bumps into him. Yeah. But man, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. No, sorry. Go ahead. I, I can't remember any Barton plays. I was just trying to, trying to remember because I don't think he was out there a lot. And I'm wondering if that, if we're going to find out there's a new, like, there's a schematic change or a personnel change where they had either a different linebacker out there or they had more safeties out there or something. Christian Jones was out there at least a little bit, um, but I wasn't, I wasn't tracking it too close. Harden so had two okay. total tackles, which seems low. Brooks had 11 total six solo. That's oddly low for a linebacker in this scheme. Well, that's actually you remind me of something else, Jeff. So Brooks, I think, has come on. Like these have been his best two games the last two weeks. I thought he had a solid game in this one. I thought last week's was a little better, but this was good. And then Daryl Taylor. And we talked about Daryl Taylor. 
There was Daryl Daryl Taylor sightings in this game. Sorry about that. Uh. Yeah, I mean, the whole defense was, or defensive line was alive, right? They were, uh, <laughs> they were, uh, uh, they were, they were getting out the quarterback, everyone. I mean, Puna, uh, Taylor, uh, Monet, um, the whole group, like, were finally, like, they were living up to that pass rush win, win rate that we were talking about in the group chat the other day. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. I was going to post something about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, the two guys that really, like, stand out, I mean, we know Shelby Harris is a good player, and, you know, he's made plays here and there. Puna has been totally absent, like, totally absent. He had three tackles for loss today, I think. Um, and Daryl Taylor, it had gotten pretty depressing about that guy. Like, he might just not be much. And ends up with a strip sack. Um, and actually was in on a couple other plays. Um, I think he's going to end up with a, a handful of pressures in this game. So that was good to see. That was, I mean, I'll take anything we can from younger defensive players at this point. All right, let's do it. Let's do the Kenneth Walker talk. Yeah, Brian, what did you think this? Yeah, like, I mean, certainly <clears throat> made me feel better about um, him stepping in and looking like he can be a guy that can take the rock. There were a couple, you know, as expected, rookie mistakes where he went the wrong way, blew up some plays by himself <laughs> by not being there for the handoff, not picking up the right guy in a blitz. Like, there was a couple of those, but from a pure – athlete standpoint i mean that run along the sidelines was super impressive the touchdown run was was good that was hit those both of those things were his reads and then there was that run that was awesome almost as good as those other ones it got called back for holding but uh he stayed in bounds um toward the end of the game last drive and and so you know i i thought he he ran well um you know, I still don't know if I can say exactly what he is as a runner, but I think um, he does not look like he's going to be Rashad Penny for three years where you're like, oh, my God, what did they spend a pick on this guy for? He's doing absolutely nothing. Um, he looks like a guy that can step in and do the job. So that, that was good. I'm curious what you guys thought. Uh, I was very impressed. I think, Brian, you did cover some of the things he did wrong. He still makes – he still runs the wrong way. He's still in short yardage struggle today and he's just not as savvy as penny was at the point but i think he has some really special qualities and to me what i saw is that his cutback his cutback skill looks really special and it sort of reminds me of what like Le'Veon bell used to be where when he was really patient and then boom he would just change direction i think for a rookie that's a really hard skill and that's what opened his touchdown last week and then today there was a couple runs where there was just nothing there he was able to cut back up the field and create and to me that's Obviously, I did. I was in your camp where I did think the pick was completely unjustified, but he does have some special qualities. And Vance Joseph apparently said in the, said in the pre meetings with the broadcast, I mentioned this early in the games. Apparently, he said that he thought Walker was a better fit for the Seahawks offense than Penny was. So he thought they caught a bit of a break that he's going to get more snaps now. But yeah, it was fun to watch him run. That was one of the only enjoyable parts of the offense today, other than a couple of Geno throws. I thought he was really, really fun and just makes this offense even more explosive. 
And yeah, you miss Penny, but it is fun watching him run when you can just cut back like that. Yeah, I mean, he's Are definitely fun to... Yeah. Go, go ahead, ahead Brian. Sorry. No, no, please go ahead. I would say he's definitely fun to watch. Um, you know, he can hit home runs. He's really fast. And the, the play where he broke all the tackles was awesome. I The rest of it, I, I don't... I mean, we've seen this offense creating huge holes for running backs for many, many weeks now. And I think that while overall... I, I agree that the offensive line didn't play particularly well. And, and he had some plays where he was getting blown up by JJ Watt, like three yards in the backfield, obviously not his fault at all, but overall, I mean, on his big plays, I think if you go look like he, he's really on his own, he's got a ton of space and a ton of green. Um, he outruns uh, uh, Murphy to the corner for the touchdown, but Murphy kind of quits on that play. And I don't know what that jump thing was, but I think if Murphy doesn't quit and he catches uh walker in the air that's probably not a touchdown um so yeah I, I think he is probably exactly what i mean he was billed as he's a home run hitter and in this offense with the how they're able to get their backs into the second level in space like regularly now for again weeks and weeks we saw it with penny um and now you know it's the same thing with walker um he's gonna have a, a huge year if he can stay healthy um but I I, def, I didn't see anything that makes me go back and think, oh, I was such a fool for not liking the pick. Like, no, I mean, he's a running back and, you know, it's it just is what it is. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. If, he can, I, if he can keep breaking tackles like that one run, then I will eat my words happily. But at this point, I don't I don't see a big uh, changer. The both, there's, both nothing that's, there's nothing that's going to change my opinion about using a second round pick on a running back unless yeah. he's like you know all pro level i i just don't like that from a roster management period but yeah i don't know i think as someone who's been hard on walker at least saying let's be patient with with crowning the guy he came into this game 11th in the nfl and elusive rating which is about broken tackles and causing missed tackles so that's good um and then i think he, you're right on the first run nathan his first big explosive run was like 30 yards like i think most running backs make that play um and then but then I think you should go back if you haven't watched the play where he takes it to the outside um his big run toward the uh the end zone it wasn't for a touchdown I think that was a read up the middle and he took it outside made a play and I think the touchdown run was supposed to go somewhere else and he read that play so I I, I saw both of those as plus reads and not just the offense working the way the offense is supposed to work we talk about there's no offense. Is anyone as annoyed? <laughs> I know we talk about the preseason. There's something about it just driving me crazy watching this team. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. I literally, I, I almost interrupted Nathan for that particular reason. I was like, are we still all united in not being a no offense fan? Like, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Jeff. I, I don't like watching him play. Like, there's a play where he's it's one of the early possessions where they were moving the ball and they threw out a pretty good design route to him in space. And first down is like as easy as you can get. Sometimes guys go out of bounds before the first down line. This was weird. He ran into the defender to like take on contact when he just like walked for a first down. And Derek brought up in our chat, a good point. Like coming out of college, he looked like one of like the most athletic, like elusive tight end. He was a top 20 pick he kind of looks like Jimmy Graham did at the end of his, he looks a little stiff and it's a little concerning. And there's a play where he like drops a ball right in his hands and they're about to run for a first down. He call, 
he crashes into the offensive lineman or Walker. It's just like, it's bring me back to that thing from the preseason that drives all crazy. It's like awareness is so low and he's really not making that big of an impact. He kind of just looks the same as Colby Parkinson. I like the three tight end set, but man, he, <laughs> that one today really pissed me off. I don't know. I'm not enjoying him. His, he is really not a smart football player so far. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to contrast him actually with like uh, Ken Walker because, you know, Walker like looks every bit the home run threat that you would think he would be from his combine numbers. And Noah Fant looks nothing at all <laughs> like his combine numbers would lead you to believe. Yeah, he's just, I mean, I think he's, a lot of it has to do with expectation, I think, because, I mean, he's caught, what, at least two or three balls in probably every game this year. And, you know, he's caught some first downs and he's done a couple things, but like, he just, yeah, his, his matting awareness rating, I don't know what it really is, but like, if I was setting it, it would be awfully low. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, I was just reading, by the way, some news out of the Pete Carroll presser. Um, one, no, no injuries. So that's always great to hear. Um, two, uh, said they made some defensive adjustments um, up front this week to focus on keeping Arizona's running game contained. Clint Hurt tweaked some things to play the guys up front, and that Carroll believes this will be help, helpful moving forward. Um, <laughs> Quantre Diggs says uh, – I don't know why you'd test a six foot four corner who runs a four two on a go route. Um, so uh, yeah, couple a couple little tidbits. I'll see if there's anything else. And DS Grid showed some life today. Yep. He he is physically talented. Yeah. Like I don't know if he has the same awareness rating as uh Noah Fant and that's why he's not getting on the field but at least when he is out on the field he looks like what he's supposed to look like I mean he doesn't create opportunities for himself very often you know to even get on the field and then he doesn't seem to have a lot of trust but you know that catch he made was really nice and then you know he gets the ball in his hands and he's immediately moving so uh I I don't know. Whatever is holding him back, I, I really hope he can figure it out. Yeah, during the game, I was kind of hoping he would get more touches. Yeah, the catch he made in traffic, which was – the ball was thrown behind him. That was a really nice grab. And the play that Gino made the, to him in wide open space, which looked like a throwaway, I thought that was a really cool play where Gino was about to get crushed and he was about to get sacked. But it looked like he was just throwing the ball away. And Eskridge is wide open in space. He ended up taking a huge hit, but – yeah, he looks like a fun player. Like, I, obviously, I'm guessing his X's and O's and he's not running the right plays because he's not getting the field very much. And Brian, you mentioned, like, DJ Dallas was doing punt returns or something like that. But he looks talented. Like, I would like to see him get more. They don't have much a third receiver right now, but I don't know if they need it. Brian, are you willing to admit that D. Eskridge was the right pick over Creed Humphrey yet? <laughs> no. That will never happen. Um, I do have some big news to share. Uh, maybe you guys already mentioned it, but the Rams fear that uh, left tackle Joe Nodeboom uh, has an Achilles injury that could keep him out for the rest of the season. That sucks. Uh, that team is is crumbling a little bit, it feels like. Yeah. I thought it would take a few years for like the pay the piper thing and then this year, basically, their entire offensive line is injured, and Whitworth retired. 
and they spent a lot of money on Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner, who are fine players. Allen Robinson's been pretty terrible until today, and Bobby's been okay. He's just PFF grades are good, but I watch them every week, and it's sort of what we saw last year. It's just not really making impact plays on the game and to get a $10 million off-ball linebacker. That's just bad spending, and we always kept asking, like, when, when and the Rams going to struggle for this. And Dana was always freaking out about their cap. And I kept explaining to her that they're pushing this all into the future, like a credit card. And yeah, they won today, but they went toe to toe with like PJ Walker and Jacob Eason. They couldn't move the ball against a team that like just fired their coach. Like they look, like it's funny. Cause we were talking about this you know, topic here for years, Brian, we were talking about like, what's going to happen in the NFC when Brady and Rogers fall off. And it's kind of happening. The Packers lost again today. The Steelers with Mitch Trubisky coming off the bench beat Tampa. And all of a sudden, like you look at teams with the best future outlook, like there's Philly, there's Dallas, San Francisco, and Seattle have best position next. Like there's, there's mean, not a lot. Like Dallas, I was sorry, not Dallas. The 49ers got their asses handed to them in Atlanta today. Yeah. That wasn't even close. No. I mean, wasn't the final score like 28-14? They got like doubled up. They were missing a lot of defensive players and they just, they've been winning with defense this year and their defense wasn't good today. Is, is I, the I do Bosa wonder though. Injury serious? Pardon? Is the Bosa injury, was that, was that from uh, his, his groin thing? I mean, or do we know yeah. if it's a serious injury? They lost Bosa, Armstead, Kinlaw, and their top corner towards ACL. And then Jimmy Ward was out. But Jimmy Garoppolo looked pretty shitty today, which is always a nice yep. fun Trent Williams is out. Eli Mitchell's out. Well, that's a shame, but... Getting back to the Rams, though, like, I do yeah. wonder how much... Like, how much of this is they're just finally having to pay the piper? And how much of this is they finally took big swings that missed, right? If they spend the Bobby and Allen Robinson money on something else i don't know what the other alternatives yeah or something right and, and then so it's the same thing and now stafford is looking a little cooked so maybe it wouldn't have mattered e- either way but yeah i do wonder if this is not so much everything just catching up to them as much as it is they just made some bad decisions yeah that's a great point well, because last year they've got von miller and odell beckham and that just totally boosted their team and that money went to those two guys this year and that's what happens in free agency. That's why those guys hit free agency. Well, I think that's the point, right? Is is like when you have that much money in that few players, then you can't afford to really miss on your free agent signings. And like they missed, they missed mm-hmm. badly. And and now they've got the Cam Akers issue. Uh, so the running back situation. I mean. There was a rumor about there being them being interested in Christian McCaffrey is like, please God, go get Christian McCaffrey. Like whatever, like they'd have to dump their draft picks for the next five years probably to go get Christian McCaffrey. And you put a running back, even a great one, behind that offensive line. Good luck, dude. That's not gonna that's not gonna save you. And I would love to see them do that. Um, but I mean, look at the division, guys. Cardinals, we, we just talked about. That's not a team I think any of us fear. Could the Cardinals beat the Seahawks in Arizona? Of course, because the Seahawks are not a team anyone fears either. But is there a team that you're like, man, Seahawks have no chance to beat that team in the division? when they, Like the Rams. Do you feel like the Seahawks have no chance to beat the Rams? 
Uh, no, not at all. Basically, every other year, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a healthy I mean, Niners team yeah. would still worry me. It's yeah, just, I guess, I they, just the one game. But Yeah, the way they match up of how they win is just the worst possible fit for this team. We saw it the last time they played. Yeah, but I guess it'll Niners depend on how... Yeah, I think ahead. it's going to depend a little bit on how Mosley's injury is made up for. Like they're they're really putting a lot of eggs in the Jason Verrett basket that he's going to come back and not get injured again and be great again. Um, but I think their corners were abused in this game against the Falcons, and I agree. Like I don't want to sound crazy. A hundred percent, the 49ers should be favored to win if they play the Seahawks. Period. But if the 49ers team that played today came into Seattle and the Seahawks from the last few weeks played against the 49ers. I think, I think there's a real good chance the Seahawks win that game. So I guess my point is um, we might actually be talking about a division race for the Seahawks. Like this is a first place team, technically not because of tiebreakers, but we're six weeks into the season and they're tied with everybody. And I don't know, man. Like, this could be really weird uh, to see what happens over the next few weeks. Uh, this Chargers game coming up for the Seahawks is certainly going to be an interesting measuring stick. They sh- the Seahawks should get spanked, right? Like, that, that's a the game they should get their butts kicked. But, yeah, the Chargers would lose some weird games, right? I think the point Nathan made before the season is looking really astute right now. Um, if you look, I've been watching the whole league pretty closely, but – it's going to be really hard for the people who thought the Seahawks would be in the top five or even I think it's going to be really hard to end up in the top five. There are so many bad to average teams right now in the league that like, there's just a real, like there's like a few three or four top teams. And then the rest of the league is like buried in the middle and the Seahawks could conceivably be five and one, but three and three with their defense is totally fair, but that's three wins in six games. And, you look at the Panthers and the Texans and Washington and the Bears and Green, yep. how Green Bay is starting to fall off. Like it's going to be really hard for those who thought, okay, Seahawks are going to get a top five quarterback or Will Anderson or any of those guys. It's interesting. They might be closer to a seven, eight win team now and not the best thing long term, but very different than how I thought the season would go. And I think a lot of people thought that's where they would end up based on some of their roster talent. But look at the league today. It's just, there's a lot of teams that I watch the Seahawks and I think they're better than that. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I know Bill Barnwell said they had the worst offseason of any team, which obviously the Russell thing, that looks pretty laughable right now. They had had by far, it looks like maybe the best offseason of any team in the league. That Barnwell thing was kind of dumb at the time though, too. Like <laughs> look at their draft class and the Russell for Geno swap. And, like if you put this, it's deep- a great point, Jeff. Like what's, what's the thing on the offseason? I mean, you can still criticize it, but like, how can you not give the team an A for this offseason? Oh, I think it's an A+. Plus. Uh, Jordan Brooks, uh, Greg Bell shared a, a tweet or a, a quote, Jordan Brooks on rookie cornerback Tariq Woolens, four picks in the last four games. He doesn't even know what he's doing half the time. He's playing <laughs> on talent. <laughs> that almost uh, comes a little salty or something, I'm not sure, uh, but uh, the talent is unbelievable, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, so is everybody? I, I'm curious, are, are we first of all, that Falcons loss fucking hurts right now? I mean, oh, yeah. god, um, but it, 
where are you guys at right now? Are you are you rooting for the playoffs? Are you like, is that where your mind is? Or are you still thinking, Brian, are you still thinking about, you know, draft picks and all that? Oh, I'm all about draft picks, but I'm not rooting for the team to lose. So like my position from the beginning of the year at like all off season, everyone was, you know, Evan and everyone's like, you know, embrace the tank, whatever it was like, I think it was a little more colorful than that from Evan. I think, yeah. yes, that yeah. was the gist of it. Yeah. That was way too low. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I would never deign to, uh, let live up to Evan's energy level, but I, I've always said that like, if you get a top five pick, then you're a team like the ones that Jeff just mentioned. You're a team like Washington or Chicago or Houston. And guess what? You get one of those picks you're not one or two years away. You're probably three or four years away from contending. So I always thought the best case scenario is for the Seahawks to win seven to nine games. Like, and where I was totally wrong is like, have it be defensive talent and then like, you know, figure out a quarterback to, to build around it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if they make the playoffs, the ideal situation maybe is they make the playoffs and Denver just collapses and they get a top 10 pick from the Broncos and you get a, you know, top 20 pick, top 23 pick from the Seahawks and you get your two second round picks that are both high as well. And yeah, I'd be all, I'd be, I'd be excited about that. I'd, I'd much rather that than have a total tank and, you know, yeah, that's my, that's been my point of view the whole time. Jeff, is that where you were too? Yeah. It's sort of a win-win situation for me where, the way they're winning, if it was more like they're winning because they're taking shortcuts or the veterans, but they're winning really mostly with guys who are going to be here long-term. And obviously, Gino, we still don't know how that will play out. But a rookie class, if they can win on the backs of the rookie class, to me, that's far more important, far more sustainable if it was like Quandre Diggs and Shelby Harris and some of those guys who we don't know where they're going to be in two years or if some of the, like the defense was playing well, but the offense looked like shit and they just kept sliding by. This is like a sustainable program they're building. And to me, even if they end up in the middle and kind of hurts their talent level, even though they, I think they badly need it on defense. If it's the rookie class driving these wins, I will take the wins. But to me, it's a, they're in the, even if they lost like the game today, it was like, I've, I'm seeing what I need to see out of who's important. And that's to me, the biggest big picture development and yeah, if they end up with a top 10 pick at the end of the year, then that's great. But I, Brian, I thought you nailed it in your article this week. I think the fact that I'm openly cheering for them to win is a win alone. Like I did not think that would be the case this year. I thought they'd be unwatchably bad on offense. And <laughs> I think I find myself getting into these games and I really didn't think I would. I thought they're going to be like the San Francisco game. I thought half the games would look like that. And almost every game has been interesting and I think it's mostly because of Gino and because of the rookies. What about you, Nathan? Where are you? Oh, I, I, so the Falcons game shook me, and I didn't know that they were going to be able to make up for that. Um, you know, I still didn't think that they were like the, the oh, my God, they're so terrible. They'll be lucky to win five games, right? I, I was still uh, of the opinion that this was a seven-something win team. Um, but I, I didn't know, like, that felt like – one that this team had to have and, and there aren't a lot of wins for them to make up but at this point three and three looking at the division you know I'm, I'm right back at the 
it's not crazy to think this is a playoff team, right? Like they have a clear path here and some of the things that they needed to do to get there are, are happening. I, I had like a four or five things that I said needed to happen. The run game needed to continue to be extremely good. Check. Gino needed to be at least okay. Check. The Cardinals needed to be a disaster. That's looking like a check. And Trey Lance needed to struggle. Well, he's hurt, unfortunately, but Jimmy is Jimmy. So like the that Niners team even if they can get healthy and get right, like quarterback play is still going to be an anchor for them. So like, yeah, I, I, I still think playoffs are hundred percent in play. Um, also, so there are uh, eight teams with two wins between the NFC and the AFC. And then the lions Panthers um, Texans and Raiders all have one win. So to, to just earlier point about like, you know, how this team gets into the top three or the top five of the draft. Like it's a little bit of a tough path, right? Like this team is too good. Even if they don't, even if they end up just being again, like a seven win team, you know, they're not going to be this awful team that some people thought they were going to be. And they're not, they're not tanking. They're, they're three and three. They have, they're tied for the best record in the division. So um, yeah, uh, I'm full on team playoffs. How much fun is it going to be to watch the Chargers-Broncos game tomorrow night where we get to watch our next opponent and we get to cheer for them against the Broncos? I mean, that's going to be fun. Yeah, and you look at their schedule coming up, Seattle. They got Chargers next week who've been a little wonky. The Giants after. The Giants are 5-1. and They're the strangest season. But they play the Cardinals again, the Bucks today, and then Vegas, Rams, Carolina. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a very daunting stretch. I think Nathan made that point earlier in the year. And that's a winnable game basically every week. And we're probably, we might look stupid in two weeks for suggesting this, but yeah, now next tomorrow's game is Broncos games for me are super fun. Regardless. <laughs> Obviously I don't, I never expected Russell to look like this and maybe it's the injury. Maybe it's not, but I find in general, it's just more fun to cheer against something than to actually cheer for something. I find it's just like stress-free and, Man, it's been fun dunking on Denver and their media and their fans this year. Okay. Uh, uh, immediate reaction. The Seahawks are three and three. They beat division rival Cardinals. Uh, let's run through the schedule and see where you two have them really quick. So just really, really fast. Let's go through. Uh, Seahawks and Chargers. Do either of you think, Jeff, do they win? No, I don't think so. Brian? No. Giants. Jeff? I do. Okay. Uh, Brian? That's a home game, yes. Okay. Uh, Cardinals again at Cardinals. Jeff? Yeah, I think they win there. Brian? Yep. Uh, at Buccaneers in Germany. Jeff? I'll say loss. Brian? Uh, loss. That's really close, though. I'm surprised it's close. That feels like a slam dunk to me, a, a loss. But um, Raiders, Jeff. I'm going to say loss in that one. Really? Raiders at home? Yeah, I just don't think they match up well. But okay, right. It's a very winnable game. Yeah, I think I'd say loss, too, with the pass rushers okay. that they've got. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Uh At the Rams, uh, Jeff? Probably a loss. Brian? Uh, I'm going to go with win. Uh, Panthers at home, Jeff? Definitely win. Brian? Win. Um, 49ers at home? Jeff? 
Loss. Brian? Win. Ooh, spicy. Fuck the, uh, fuck the, at the Chiefs. Jeff. <laughs> Loss. Brian? Loss. Uh, Jets at home. That one's looking tougher and tougher. Yeah, the Jets are pretty good. The Jets are a lot like the Seahawks. So you got them winning? Um, I'm going to say win, though. Okay. Brian? I go with win. And then Rams at home, Brian. Win. Me too, say win. Uh, Brian, you think that this is going to be a, what, six, nine, ten win team. You have them winning six more games. Wait, is that right? No, a nine win team. No, you have them winning seven more games. I can do math. I can count. Brian, you have them as a ten win team at this point in the season. And Jeff, you have them as an eight win team at this point in the season. Yeah, that's a, that feels like a, a nice range. Yeah. I mean, I was I was eight wins preseason. So ten is a two win improvement. I think they're at least two wins better than I thought to start the year. Yeah. I was six to start the year and I am an eight now. Yeah, I couldn't agree with it more. Yeah, makes sense. Um, all right, there's a, some amazing content out there. Brian, you shared it in the, the chat here. The Seahawks <laughs> trolling Cliff, uh, the Cliff picture um the sports center ha- account had an awesome giants and jets tweet that you know i'm not a big fan of either of those teams but you have to appreciate it so uh should we release everybody to enjoy their timelines or do you have any other uh pressing topics after we um so i just want to uh, the real hawk talk uh official stance is that gino is going to win mvp uh Tariq woolen is your defensive player of the year and the seahawks are winning 10 games Seems reasonable. Yep, I agree. Oh, and and that Denver is going to give us a top ten pick. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, if anything, we're being too conservative on this. So. All right. I think fun, we'll wrap it there. Thank you. Yep. Uh, I think we will wrap it there. Um, thanks, folks. Uh, hit the like button. Um, we have the Patreon, the Slack, uh, where you can chat about Seahawks and um agree with us on all our very smart geno smith and treat woolen predictions um get uh, questions in for the uh the midweek podcast um yeah and 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 all that goes to a good cause so um if that's something that you can do it uh, it's a good time um all right seahawks win uh they beat the stinky cardinals uh go hawks